0: Hello, everyone. This is Dominique Hill. I'm coming to you from St. Mary Mercy Hospital Emergency Medicine Residency with another case cast this week. This time, it's going to be with our medical director, Dr. Patty Paz. We're going to be talking about breaking bad news, not the show. Welcome, Dr. Paz.
1: Hi, Dominique. Thanks for having me. I thought this would be a great topic as sometimes this is not necessarily taught in medical school, and we learn hands-on, what works well and what doesn't work well. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to discuss and share with each other and uh, our listeners
0: what tended to work for us in the past well. Okay. Uh, Do you have a personal anecdote that made you think of wanting to do this podcast? Well, working with our residents... uh, I worked with one of the more junior
1: residents recently and I had to deliver bad news and they just asked if they could come along and watch first um, because they hadn't done it in the past. And so that got me thinking that maybe this is something we
0: should talk about more regularly. Okay. So why don't we start off by saying, um, by talking about what are what are the do's for uh, delivering bad news to our patients? Okay. Well, as you know...
1: Um we, probably in our emergency department, we have a senior population. So on a shift, we're usually delivering bad news, you know, once a shift at least, whether it is news of a death to family or news of a cancer diagnosis. But some of the things that I've found is that you have to peel the onion, um, so to say. So you have to take it slow, Um The best thing is to keep it very calm in a chaotic environment and go prepared. So there was a mnemonic that uh, I want to share that I use. I never put it in this specific order, but it's an interesting mnemonic called ashes. So the ashes mnemonic, A is assemble. So that's something that we do. We want to assemble our charge nurse. We want to assemble pastoral care if we have it. We're fortunate that we tend to have it. And we want to assemble the family into a quiet area. Uh, Have you had any experiences where you didn't have a
0: quiet area ever when you were trying to deliver the news because the ER was full? Probably in residency, I, I think, if it was pretty chaotic and there was just nowhere else to go. And it's not the most ideal location. No. I remember as a resident, too, I had to do it
1: in this little, almost like a closet area out by triage, which you can imagine at Detroit receiving was not very quiet so yeah I have a certain memory of that so you want to find your quiet most quiet area that's private and you want to give undivided attention so uh, sometimes even handing off your uh, your spectra might be a good idea so you're not interrupted and give it to the charge nurse or another colleague would be an idea um, and this is when the white coat comes on. So we sometimes will run around, we get warm, we're wearing our scrubs with our badges. but this is the time I always put on the white coat. It just you know shows a little bit more um, of a polished and because these times are remembered forever by their loved ones they are ingrained in their minds. so we want to portray the most professional and um, we want to be as considerate as possible during these. So, assembling. So we assemble either the nurse, the charge nurse, us, the resident, and then we want to introduce ourselves. So that's something I commonly do, first of all, to identify that I'm talking to the right patient's family, because as you know, sometimes people have similar names and sometimes people are clustered into an environment where you're not sure who is who uh, or if they're all with the patient. So I introduce myself and shake hands with everyone in the room and introduce whoever is with me as well so that they know who they are speaking to and who their go-to person is after the fact. Um, Then the sitting. So sitting down, you know, we by nature tend to not sit still. But this is a time that we have to actually not appear rushed and and sit and listen to them. So history's the H in it. Um, and usually, have you found that after you deliver the bad news, you really can't get anything from the family as far as what occurred? Yeah, I found that I found that out the hard way. I, I tried different ways, and so. People say deliver it quickly and deliver the news swiftly because you don't want to keep them hanging, but then you can't gather any information that would be helpful if you're not sure exactly what caused the code. So, so I found that if I don't ask the few questions that I do need, if I deliver it too quickly, then uh, I don't get that information that might be helpful. So, um, and then express, clearly express. So what words
0: do you use when you say? So I was always taught to be very clear and mm-hmm. very direct. Do not use vague terminology like the patient has passed on. It's like this is the time to be very direct and clear. So it's best to say the patient has died. Yeah,
1: that's what – and it does sound harsh, but I agree. I've had people question when I've used the the terms that sounded nicer or not so harsh. I tried that early on in my career, and I would have confused, like, are you sure? You know, is there a possibility? Is there – you know a chance of those people that come out of their coma and so that's that i've learned that you have to be very very clear and use those words and then i end it with the s the ashes with the s which is sympathy so do you do any like I tend to kind of touch their shoulder and you know just kind of say I'm here for you and then I usually will leave the room shaking hands and saying you know my deep our deepest condolences we're here for you do you have something kind of that
0: you use as well on the exit or like the on the the exit I will kind of touch a knee or touch a shoulder, I'll try to gauge the situation. I will offer my condolences as well, and I'll say I'm sorry for your loss. Mm -hmm. I will offer pastoral care Mm -hmm. as well in case the family is religious. Right. And then I think you're right. It's very important to give that family space to process what has just been told to them and just uh, letting them know that we are still here for them if they need Mm -hmm. anything else.
1: And I use that very much too. I say we're here for you during this most difficult you never you never usually expect these situations to happen, but we're here for you. And then I usually like having the charge nurse with me so that if I do have several people to see afterwards, they can, and I say, and she is here to let you know what the following steps are. And then kind of it, I pass the baton over, and so it, it gives me, you know, a, a nice way to exit without looking rushed. Um, so that is something that, have you ever had, I have had this situation where, I've delivered the bad
0: news and suddenly people start throwing things. So thankfully I've had um, I've not had it get violent. I've just had very, very um, very very uh, ex- ex- kind of explosive crying right. and like just very, very traumatized mm-hmm. by the event but I've, it's never turned violent for me Yeah.
1: Yeah, luckily it wasn't towards me. It was more violent in their reaction. And so you have to gauge also. So um, that was more an abrupt younger person that had died in a tragic, um, like a criminal way almost downtown when I was a resident. And so we had that, we saw that quite often when that would happen. And so what we would do is we would have security come with us in those situations. You have to gauge your, your um, audience too and see, you know, how their reaction may be? Because they might already be giving you the clues that it might become violent by, before you even walk in. And so it's always important to
0: protect yourself and bring security in. Uh, so in terms of adding a couple of my own do's, one other thing I've, I've uh, noticed is to try to use layman terms, mm-hmm. if you can, just to try to explain it as if you were talking to a child because yes. the medical terms will just kind of confuse the patient's family. Um, the other thing is, like you said, bring security with you if need be. And then also maybe even asking what the family knows thus far because it kind of yes. almost can give you a launching point of where to start from as right. well.
1: And by peeling the onion, you do have to know that some people have no idea. And so I've found that what works is because they're so desperate to know are they alive or dead and they they really have no clue, you have to almost walk in somber with the with the uh, visual clues for them to know that something bad has happened because you don't want to suddenly drop the bomb that they're dead without them kind of getting a clue. So I usually come in, I look somber, I'm not smiley and jovial. I, you know, look very, I try to as if I'm paying respects when I walk into them. So they can kind of gauge and that kind of helps them over that those few minutes get prepared for unfortunately the bomb that's about to drop the bad news. And so usually they can tell by the body language. And I think that helps because when you're just doing it completely out of the blue, I think people get upset more.
0: Okay. All very useful information. Now why don't we move on to the, uh, the do nots when it comes to tackling or delivering uh, bad news. Do not delay.
1: Because we have uh, experienced people complaining that if they are delayed in the waiting room um, to be brought back, that that is definitely a dissatisfier. They want to know right away. So as much as sometimes it's human nature to not want to do this horrible task, this is probably the worst thing I think we do in our job is delivering bad news. It's one of the things that you can't really get used to because um, you hear their stories or the how many years they were married, and it personalizes something that wasn't personal a few minutes prior in the recess room. So delaying it has, is a don't. Um, and not taking the time for it. This probably takes more time than than we really, you know, have. But we have to make the time and try to pass off somebody watching our section and making sure that the patients in our section are okay. We do need to dedicate this time. I found from um, being the medical director that some of the most beautiful letters that we receive from people are not from those slam dunk, like we're high fiving each other that we saved a life. It's from how we handled those deaths. And even just recently, it's how we handled those deaths with compassion. We received so many kudos, thankfully. Um, and it, it really makes a horrible situation uh, better, even for the providers, because it takes a toll. And I know a particular provider recently had a very young death, and the letter that the husband wrote was made her day because it was such a uh, draining experience emotionally. And so that is also, um, taking the time, um, and layman terms. I have made that mistake. I agree. I've made the mistake of speaking the medical jargon as we do naturally and not really think of it as medical jargon because we assume that people understand it and then you can just see the deer in the headlights, uh, look as well. And I think those are like the main don'ts that I've found. The delay is the one thing. Um, and pediatric deaths are a whole nother beast. That is emotionally, uh, you know, exhausting to everyone in the uh, department. The Everybody needs a debriefing after that, for sure. Uh, and everybody usually is grieving along with the family in those those instances. But I think that the lasting impression, is to take the time with the, um, everyone involved and just sit there. And sometimes just listening to them
0: tell you about their loved one who has passed helps, um, helps them as well. Okay. Uh, one more don't that was passed along to me by one of our colleagues, uh, something he observed when he was getting bad news for a family member, was that the team seemed to Want to rehash and take a history and physical, Mm. like take a history Mm. of the of the patient, like what had happened, like leading up to these events, as opposed to just, like you said, uh, not delaying and just letting them know what had happened at the end of the resuscitation that Mm -hmm. the patient had died, which was our colleague's family member. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's important too, Mm -hmm. to like not use this as a time for you to gather. Right. What information you need right. in terms of trying to figure out maybe trying to figure out what happened yeah. after the fact, but really right. trying to give the family the closure that they are wanting, waiting, waiting for, yeah. or have been yeah. waiting for. So, I agree. I agree. We've seen so many
1: different, and I don't think there's one one good way. You do have to test, um, you know, who you are talking to. But I think that in all instances
0: you know being as compassionate as we can be so closing remarks Dr. Paz you said be compassionate don't delay sit down make eye contact make sure you know who you're talking to in the room and um, also introducing yourself and also giving that family space to grieve and letting them know you are there with them during this tough time yes anything else you you want to add
1: No, I know that some people like bringing them into the room during the resuscitation, and I find that that is also invaluable because that's not something you even need to say words for. They are seeing that you are doing all the efforts. They're not wondering if, you know, they tried hard enough. They're seeing it, and usually all the efforts, the, the room is chaotic, and they see it. And usually they will
0: say no more at that time if they see that it's just an extended I could not agree with you more. And research has shown that the families would actually appreciate that so much more by being brought in towards the end of the resuscitation because they can see that you're doing everything that you can to try to save their family member. Well, I think that will conclude our case cast for today. Thank A special thank you to Dr. Paz for talking to me this week about breaking bad news. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye.